Hey, Alicia, you got your mug? Hey, Jamie girl, I got my glass. Let's get into this black tea. This is black tea, your bottomless cup of empowerment, political education, and black excellence. Every month, we bring you raw and uncut news, spilling the tea on all of the latest hot-button social issues and events. For the culture. Zippers, welcome to the season finale mm. of Black Tea. I can't believe we did it, but I can believe we did it. <laughs> it has been um, an experience like no other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, y'all are listening to the 10th episode of, of season one, and there's so much to talk about. There's been so many accomplishments, but I am just, like, so glad and so happy to have been able to do this with you, Jamie. Aww. I'm so thankful to our sponsor. Shout out to the Divided, Divided City Grant. Yes. Shout out to Tila. And watch you. Okay. okay. <laughs> just got a promotion, but was such a big help. And just shout out to everybody that listens to the show, that has yeah. shared the show, yeah. um, that has supported us in our various endeavors. And shout out to you, Jamie, for, you know, doing this good sisterhood collaboration for the people. Right. Yes. I mean, shout out to the co-host of the Mohost, Mostis, I guess, <laughs> Alicia. Um, this has been, yeah, it's just been such an experience and so wild to really know where we started from with the show okay. <laughs> as an idea in my living room to now and the entire year of things, because it's been a whole year now almost yeah. that we've been able to do. So for this episode, Sippers, we just want to we just want to share some of the highlights with y'all. We want to kind of go back and and recap some of the amazing things that we've done. We've had so, so many phenomenal guests. All of our guests have just been truly fantastic. And honestly, we've just been in awe to be in their presence for real. Um, but they're all doing amazing things. So we will get into just a quick recap of all the guests we've had and where they are now. Um, so I will start with episode one. We had a duo guest, Aaron Williams and Gabby Williams, business owners and leaders in the city doing amazing things. Aaron received a $140,000 grant from the National Trust for Historic Preservation to honor the Ville's history. If y'all remember, he talked about For the Ville. So look at that. Look at that history that's being preserved. Gabby's real estate bay business is flourishing. She has 31,000 followers now on Instagram, has new clients every day, is constantly closing deals and just being a boss. So shout out to them for, for doing it big and, and, and continuing to follow their passions. Episode two, um, we were able to have the Rasheen Alderich, who is a state representative for Missouri. Rasheen announced recently that he's running for re-election. Okay. Okay. I'm actually a part of his re-election host committee, which is amazing just saying that I support him, obviously. Um, he passed a bill on limb, limb awareness, and I think mm -hmm, he's going to be mm -hmm. someone that, as, we, as this grows and as time continues, definitely someone to keep your eye on who's consistently doing things. Yeah, and then we went into episode three and had Benjamin Singer from Show Me Integrity on the show. Show Me Integrity's Reform STL campaign, which Sippers, you know, I'm a big supporter of, um, has officially gotten on the ballot for 2022, which is really exciting for the future of redistricting and what that's going to look like in our city in the next few decades. So big shout out to them for that. 
Absolutely. Episode four, we talked about boss women doing boss work. Shout out to all the boss women that are listening right now. Okay. Okay. And we got to have Janetta Elzy, who I've known since 2014, who was a Ferguson protester turned organizer turned organizational co-founder. Um, she's still continuing to do the work of and for the people. And then episode five, we got to have some fun and we actually did our very first ever collaboration mm-hmm. with Relationship-ish um, that focuses on loves of all sorts. And so we got to have Philip. Yeah. Yes. Philip and Chevelle, his wife. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Philip and Chevelle, we got to have them on the show. Um, they, the brand of St. Louis, is still doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. They actually are moved. They have moved, I think, now out to, to Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh my heart! Yes, yes. Why? But they are still. They will still be here in St. Louis, and they're growing their brands and they're flourishing. Relationship ish is having an event this Saturday, October 9th. Yeah, and shout out to Simone and Brittany for that. Yes. So if y'all need some brunch plans, there you go. Now, by the time this launches, y'all, the date, October 9th, probably would have passed, but y'all probably will get to see some cute pictures of right. your co-host <laughs> at the brunch, okay? Um, yeah, so that's exciting, and we, we, we're we glad that the podcast is still going. We're glad that the brand of St. Louis is still flourishing and happy to, to have them on the show. Yeah, yeah, that was great. So then we went on to episode six where we had the Adam Lane, as Alicia likes to say, treasurer, come on Goat the Lane. show. Goat Lane. Goat Lane. <laughs> Goat Lane, um, who is doing amazing work for the city and the treasurer's department as well. Uh, they recently just launched um, a new program in an effort to raise funds for the city uh, to promote social change initiatives and are doing a lot of work to stay involved in education efforts as well y'all remember adam told the story about how he went from the school board to the treasurer's office um so he's still continuing that passion um through programs and initiatives with college kids and alicia got to visit some schools with him on the first day which was really exciting for her um so shout out to treasurer lane for doing the good work amen and then episode eight Re- um, dreams and reimagining equity um, where we got to have the Neil Richardson I caught listen if you're doing great things in the community and you a go and you are successful put the in front of your name okay <laughs> the Jamie Cox goat lane the Neil Richardson the like you gash yourself up and so Neil has delivered to us the, the title um, in his time which honestly hasn't been that long as being the executive director of SLDC um, they have received 40 million dollars in new market tax credits which is amazing and they also have completed a full draft of an economic justice plan for the entire city of St. Louis. So we're so excited to continue watching that and see where it goes. Awesome. Awesome. And then our latest episode, we had the Terrell Carter, executive director of Rise Community Development, who was amazing. Um, Rise is doing great work. They actually have their annual gala coming up this year to do a fundraiser for all of their various initiatives, which is going to take place in November if you're wanting to support that. He also is continuing his Community Forward podcast as well, which we were also guest on. And when we did another collab episode with him for that, um, I've had two amazing episodes come out since are so stream those as well and a plug for communities forward for continuing to bring on new new guests and exposing various people to the city amen and then that brings us to today's today. guest. okay um the 
Senator, no, the honorable, the honorable okay? senator, the honorable <laughs> Senator Carla May, um, who we were just, you know, so excited to to bring her on today. I know her interview is going to blow to your kill mind. It. It's going to yeah. blow your mind, and I just hope that you know, from Walnut Park to senatorial halls, like ain't bad, <laughs> right? Not bad. So hopefully, I'm, I'm so excited for us to interview her. I can't wait for her to get here. I can't wait to get the tea she's going to spill, and I'm so glad that we get to bring it to y'all yes i am so well alicia like look we've had some some bombshell people on this show for real and it's just been um so amazing to to meet all of them and then see the growth and the things that they're doing because it just gives you a new eye to what's going on in the city um but in addition to having amazing guests we also covered very serious issues every episode that you and I chatted about as well. Um, so we definitely want to highlight some of those things and talk about kind of what's going on with the big issues. So, cause you know, we always have to give you the tea, um, the educational tea. So some of the two big issues that were at least close to my heart were elections. Um, there were a lot of big elections, particularly the mayoral election um, in the city of St. Louis during the time that we were recording season one. Um, as you all know, we talked about it. Um, the first, the elections process with all the various candidates and also ultimately the final winner, our current mayor now, Tashara Jones. Um, so on season two um, and the things that we'll be talking about in the future potentially um, we're going to continue that continue that vein for y'all because um, there's going to be a lot of elections coming up in the next couple of years um, specifically the board of aldermen elections race state senatorial elections race um, senatorial national elections right. um, so please please continue to stay tuned to these things um, when black sea's not in session because all of that is very important um, and the other big issue is the redistricting process we can't have elections if we don't have districts for people to run in. and as you guys know um, um, I was a big advocate for making sure people stayed engaged in our city redistricting process with. Can you, excuse me, um, policy chair. You said you were an oh. advocate. <laughs> Can let's let's put some respect uh, on it, uh, Alicia. I was the policy chair. Thank you. Lots of advocates everywhere. One policy chair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> uh, policy chair for Reform STL, um, which was a big passion project of mine, and. While um, while things with the campaign um, didn't go ideally as we wanted with getting on the February ballot, it's going to be on the April ballot okay. because we're not just making change for now. We're making change for the future. Um, so hopefully with that process, we will have a more community engaged process with redistricting. That is what we're advocating for. That's what we're pushing for for the future of our city and also for the state um, because we have to end gerrymandering. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, you'll see from the senator on today's episode um, why redistricting is important. So I'm going to reemphasize it for you but but that's what the update for that issue and we'll see what the future holds amen and then obviously one of the other big issues we talked about um was medicaid expansion which has went through and has been a success um so now medicaid has been expanded and so over two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars two hundred and seventy five thousand people will now be able to mm. have more access to health care which you know as we always talk about on the show the political is personal yes, and i think is. that is a great example to show you how you know thanks to this policy and this legislation that to be honest we should have had in the first place <laughs> but now okay. that we finally have it um two hundred and seventy five thousand people in their everyday personal lives are going to be able to go to the dentist to take their children to get their checkup for doctors to be able to come less out of pocket for medical expenses and have a little alleviation so that's an excellent thing and then obviously we're still um unfortunately mm, in a still. pandemic 
Uh, so Miss Rona is a. Uh, she she brought along her good friend Delta, and, <laughs> and um and that's still going. Um, but I think we are also seeing like businesses and um also new forms of engagement, right? Which we talk about on on Black Tea. But I think now that we're in a pandemic, yeah, people are spending figuring out how are, can things be more accessible via the internet, where you don't have to like physically go into the space. Mm-hmm. We're seeing workers adopt more flexible companies adopt flexible more flexible policy, policy right, yeah. for their workers and considering what they're going through. So all of that is exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. Um. Well, yeah, yeah. Those are the updates. Okay, but Jamie, so you know, I know this is black tea. I know we don't talk about this a lot, but I want to know since this is a finale episode, I want to know what has been your favorite part of doing the show, um, mm-hmm. and what has been the biggest challenge. That's ooh, that's tough. I mean, I would say my favorite my favorite part of the show um, or favorite, you know, part from one of the episodes was when we were filming the episode with uh, Representative Rasheen and he asked us, um, he was like, this is black tea. Where is the tea? <laughs> right. Maybe if there's a season two, we'll get some, some real black tea mugs. Some real black tea mugs. That was funny. But no, seriously, I just love that we have that kind of rapport with the guests that we come on the show. It's very chill. It's very relaxed. We're very authentic. It, it's the news and we're spilling the tea, but we're also just getting to know people as people. And I think that's one of the one of the highlights for me. Yeah. And what's been your biggest challenge? Um, I would say the biggest challenge is that, you know, we are we are a work in progress. This is a grassroots ground up project that Amen. we launched. We uh, sippers don't see everything that goes on behind the scenes but like listen we are not technolo- technological experts we're not interview experts we've had to learn as we go and I think there's just been a lot of points in the show where we've really had to push ourselves and, and grow and teach ourselves how do you record how do you do audio how do you do all these things the the real life things that people don't see go into all of this work that we're doing so that was definitely the challenge but um, Alicia what were what were your highlights hmm Um, I think that my highlight of the show is I feel like we executed what we said we would, you know, Mm -hmm. when we like were sitting on your couch, we talked about how we felt like we had, you know, access to all these people in all these places that the, or, you know, a a normal person may not like the normal person is not sitting down with senators or sitting down with the treasurer or the head of SLDC or even business owners, you know what I'm saying? And get into whole space with that. So my favorite part of the show is that I feel like I am literally all these new relationships that we're making in our networks that are growing. We are able to make sure that we are literally bringing the community with us. And Mm -hmm. so I love that I get to feel, you know, if I meet, you know, we meet people and we got to a point where people were asking to come on the show. Yeah. We didn't even. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Like some of our most esteemed guests, y'all would be surprised. We didn't ask them. They were like, when are you going to have me on? Like, <laughs> when can I come? You know, and it got to the point where they like, we've already booked all our guests for the season. Maybe in the future, you know, but I really love that, you know, these successful community power movers and power shifters wanted to come on our show. I love the engagement that we get on social media. The highlight for me is definitely our um, script enactment. (laughs) You were Louis Reed and I was Mary Rose. You know, that's a highlight because to me, I think that's the best. If I had one clip to show people what is black tea, I would play that clip because you can understand what the policy disagreement was, what the policy is, and you also get to understand why we call it because we understand that politics is entertaining and yeah. is engaging. So that's my my favorite part. 
Very, very well said, Alicia. I think that's the thing. Like the biggest thing, the biggest mission for us is just like to make the things that we're passionate about, that we're interested in, that we're involved in, transparent and relatable um, and bring it, bringing it to a place that we would literally just sit here like we do in my kitchen right. and talk about <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> what is going on in our world. So it's just been an honor to be able to do this with you um, as a co-host, as a friend, as a sister as well. Um, and I hope that people felt that, that felt the friendship and the the key keys that we okay. have in. Because yes. <laughs> um, that's really what this is, y'all. Um, and so I'm sad to call it a wrap, but glad to. And and then, Jamie, you know, so we gave the, the tea. And so personally, what are <laughs> you like? What are you working on now? And what will you continue to work on? I won't spill the tea for you. If you leave some now, you know me, I'm going to say it. So I hope that you give the people, the sippers, an accurate update. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Alicia knows me. Y'all, y'all, y'all know I'm not the, the transparent mirror type of person. But no, for real. I think um, for me, I guess like what's next for co-host Jamie, um, I think it's honestly just diving deeper into the things that I'm passionate about that y'all have heard me talk about on the show. I'm still the chair of Rise Young Professionals. I'm still serving with them. I'm still advocating for affordable housing policy. Um, big announcement for me is that I've joined the Missouri Main Street Initiative um, for the West End neighborhood in Del Mar. So I will be serving on the Economic uh, Vitality Committee and doing advocacy work for getting new developments in the city because that's all I really Y'all know that's all I do all day, developments, affordable housing, progress. And so I want to not only use the skills and knowledge that I've gained in my private life, I want to put those out into the community. Um, you know, I'm going to throw it back to you, Alicia. What's up next for uh, our uh, board of education member? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started nursing school. Um, Y'all know on the show, my passion is mental health, um, healthcare in general, but especially mental health, because I think like our communities, you know, the first step to people changing is really shifting their mentalities and shifting their minds. So mm -hmm. I really like for a career and for a livelihood, getting to help people reshape their patterns, reshape their behaviors, change their mentalities, repair their relationships, um, get, you know, deal with addiction. And so um, nursing school was like a great next step because nurses have so many ways and, and ways that they can engage the community. You want to do public health. You want to work in OBGYN. You want to yeah. do mental health. You want to. So I'm excited to see you know and you know Jamie we never just we walk in on ground one but when we look back we are usually on like level 10 so <laughs> just excited to see as a as a as an actual clinician the, the new ways and maybe it will give me new insights into policy maybe it will give me just where it can go um mm -hmm. what it might start and then I think also um the board of education is an ongoing thing we have meetings every two weeks um, I'm going to be chairing the plan and the process for the citywide yes. educational plan. Um, so y'all pray for me. I think it is very much needed. I think we are overdue for it. But as we talk about on the show all the time, when you are having to have community and um, have people collaborate, as I, you learn with Reform STL, it mm. is hard, you mm -hmm. know, because you're, you're doing new work. You're putting something together that hasn't existed. But I'm very, very honored that, you know, my fellow board members thinks that, you know, I'm the one to be one of the people to lead us through this process um so i'm very very excited about that and then um i'm excited about where black tea can go mm -hmm. and what um black tea can can do and then just you know a school 
and and the board and there's some other stuff but i'm gonna hold it so maybe if we if if something else develops with black tea another season potentially um we can announce it then but you know there's some potential um fellowships and some invitations that i've i've received that are very connected to like policy and engaging other young people who Mm want to engage the political process and activating communities so i look forward to figuring out how we can grow and develop develop that and in general i'm just in a personal space of being full of gratitude and feeling like I am walking in my purpose. Oh, yes. Well, I think we both are. And I'm excited when we look back on this episode and we listen to it to see what um, what comes out of all the things we spoke into existence. Yes. But, girl, that's it. We about to call season one a wrap. We about to call season one a wrap. But first, we are about to interview the Senator Carla May. Yes, we are. This episode of Black Tea is brought to you by the Divided City Initiative. The Divided City is a joint project of the Center for the Humanities and the Sam Fox School, College of Architecture and Urban Design at Washington University, right here in St. Louis. The Divided City is funded by the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. Hello, Sippers. Welcome to another episode of Community Spotlight. Sippers, today we have a very, very special guest for our season finale on our show. I am so honored to introduce you to the Senator Carla May, who is a legend in St. Louis and Missouri politics. If we've ever met one in real life, she's looking at me right now. (laughs) Senator Carla May is the Missouri State Senator for District 4. Previously, she served as the state representative for the 84th District for eight years, four terms. As an elected official, she has always been a strong supporter of the community. She supported causes to protect women's rights, workers and unions' rights, and to bring fair and equitable development to the city, specifically North St. Louis. We're so, so excited to have Senator May on the show today to share her story with us and wisdom on being one of the city's strongest leaders. All right. Well, you know, this is an everyday story. (laughs) (laughs) As she said, get your mugs ready because we're about to serve you our first batch of piping hot senatorial tea. Yes. (laughs) It's such an honor to have you. Honored to have you, Senator May. Um, How does being a black woman in St. Louis, how do you get from where you are to becoming senator? Um, We always tell guests we don't want your resume. We want your story. So could you share that with us? Well, let me let me start by saying this. First of all, thank you, ladies, for having me. I'm excited for being here with you. I'm so excited that you guys are even doing this podcast. So I think this is something that um, really needs to happen. And young people really need to you know, get other young people engaged. And it is crucial that we get them engaged because their vote is their currency. And right now, you know, you're talking about dollars and cents in community. It's about your vote and that's your currency. And so when, when I see young people who say I'm not involved in that process, I don't do that. They cavalier take it for granted. They're costing their communities dollars. Mm. That's mm-hmm. true. So you got you. So we have to translate that downstream. Absolutely. So you know, I'm very excited to be here. My story is an everyday story, and so let you know. People say, "Yes, every day I look in the mirror, I am an African American woman." But that is mm-hmm. not, you know, that doesn't define my story. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, when people say African American this or that, they say it in limiting terms. Mm-hmm. So I want you to understand me. I have never let my color be a barrier to what I wanted. Mm. 
my story started when I, I guess when I was in high school, my mom was in politics in St. Louis City. And so there, that's how I got introduced to politics. And it started off, it really didn't start off as politics. So people say, well, how do you get involved? It never started off as politics. It started off as community problems on the block in our neighborhood. And I remember my mom becoming block captain. It was simply about dirty alleys and uh, abandoned buildings and taking control of your block and how do we on this block manage the vacant property and the, you know, what I call the negative DNA on my block. You get me? And so I always tell people politics is local. Start on your block. What are you doing in your block? Everybody want to jump out there talking about they running for something and they want to do something. Have you started on your block? You know, do the people on your block know you? You get me? What is your relationship with your constituents on your block? Mm -hmm. You know, are the people on your block voting? Are they participating in the process? Because that's how it started for us. And back then, when I was growing up, you know, it was an organization that most of you young people probably don't remember. It was called ACORN. Mm -hmm. And ACORN was a large organization that fought for social services for people, especially housing and things like that. And one of the biggest things was affordable housing back then. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people didn't have affordable housing in the city owned property that people weren't able to move into. And so, you know, my mom started off like that. She started off with ACORN. She started off with, you know, they founded the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists and they began to fight for things. Uh, One of the biggest fights uh, that I guess I started off in that really um, sparked my heart was I was about eight or nine years old, and they were doing the uh, Homer G. Phillips Hospital was about to close. The oh. renowned mm-hmm. African American hospital was about to close, and you know all of the adults and the people that were involved. We were over at Tandy. We were they were um, blockading the hospital so they couldn't close the hospital picketing, carrying signs, you know, waking T-shirts. So I was there as a child. And it was a very charged environment, you know. And then you seeing people that you know, my mom and them getting locked up. Mm-hmm. You get me? Because they were, you know, circling the hospital. Right. And so uh, you saw them bringing out helicopters, dogs. It was just, it was, you know, so that sparked what I call, what you guys might call here a revolution, a, you know, a protest. Mm-hmm. And so that was the protest. So I guess that began the protest energy in me. And so then throughout high school, I began to become involved in local city politics, running street teams, working on campaigns, uh, just like you see all of the people protesting in Ferguson. Like I told them, you know, they, they, you know, they would charge you and say, you know, the young people, well, you should be doing this. I told them, well, you just waking up today. I'm going to let you go ahead and do this. Because, <laughs> I've been doing this. Because I've been doing yeah. this. I've been woke. Right. I'm, you know, why you just not getting in this protest, fighting about this person dying. I've been fighting for a long time mm-hmm. about some of the same mm-hmm. issues and the same people dying and the same denying of services and, you know, the same stuff yeah. that was often the black people. I was doing that when I was 16 and 17. Right. So it's your turn. Right. You know, don't look at me. Don't look at my now and try to say I haven't been doing something right. because I've been in the game a long time y'all want to keep it real (laughs) okay so (laughs) so, you know so you know just because you woke up doing ferguson i was woke before ferguson Mm. you got what i'm saying and so we were out here fighting for the same stuff you know we were protesting the city hall Mm. the mayor's office they were closing all of the public hospitals at that time Mm. and so it was a lot going on 
And mm-hmm. so that's my story. That's how I got involved. And so when you say it never was politics, it was always about the issues. Mm-hmm. It was always about the things that were affecting the community and impacting the community. You know, we got a lot going on out here that young people can be helping to solve, you yeah. know, instead of taking it the other way. Yeah. You know, we can't kill each other. Mm-hmm. We have to get together and solve the problems. Mm-hmm. And you have to put a demand on the people that was elected because that's what we did. Right. We held them accountable. We protested them. We ran campaigns against people who weren't, you know, uh, responding to the community. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. If I got a problem, when people bring me problems, I try to solve it as soon as possible. Because mm-hmm. I know if they got to this point and they brought it to me, the buck has to stop with me. Right. And that's how I feel about that. So, you know, when I was out there, I used to feel like people weren't solving Issues weren't solving problems. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 my story. Okay. So it really hasn't been politics. It's always been about the issues. Right. right. And helping people solve them. No, yes. I appreciate that. And I think it's so powerful, specifically what you said about where to start, because I feel like for a lot of young people like Alicia and myself that are active in different things that we care about, that's always the most difficult piece. Um, and you said, you know, you have to start on your block, start where you are. But I think the most powerful thing about your stories is that you've kind of evolved and grown. Now you live in the 26th world. You started representing the 84th district. Now you're representing District 4, which for our sippers who aren't sure about your area it's very diverse you got Richmond Heights you got Clayton you got North City you got all these different communities and one of the things about St. Louis that we're all proud of but it's difficult is that we're all very passionate about where we come from (laughs) and um and we all feel very differently about how we identify and how our communities identify so my question for you is now representing the different areas that you're representing, how do you solve the issues of people that have very diverse voices like the district that you represent? And what has that been like for you as you've evolved now to being a state senator? Okay, so let me go back a little bit. So when I was younger, I was knocking on doors. So I started off uh, in the um, representing the 57 district. And I grew up, I went to Northwest High School on Riverview in North City, Mm -hmm. in the Walnut Park area. Mm -hmm. That's where I grew up at, in the Walnut Park area. You know, some would say Mark Twain, but it was the Walnut Park area when I was growing up. Mark Twain came along later. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to Mark Twain Elementary School, so I grew up north of Highway 70. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in North St. Louis, went to, you know, public uh, school, walked to school every day. Sometimes I was able to get on the bi-state bus. Sometimes I wasn't. My school didn't have school buses. Hmm. So, you know, so when I started knocking on doors, trying to get people engaged in the process, getting them out to vote, you know, that was the thing. We ran what we call citywide get out the vote. And so it helped me to learn individuals and learn people's stories. Hmm. You know, when I knocked on the door, I'm always this person that wanted to know your story. You know, if if you was in the backyard having a barbecue, I'm the type of person to come sit at the table and act mm-hmm. like I'm a part of the family. <laughs> right. that's, just, that's just how I've always been. <laughs> so coming from that, you know, then they did this redistricting and they drew me out of my district. So basically, mm-hmm. uh, I was representing the 57 district. So they moved basically most of my district south and drew my house out of my district. So I had to run for the 84th district, and the 84th district was a very diverse district and I uh and so me I've always been a people person so it's not about to me it's not about color it's not about neighborhood every neighborhood has their different challenges Mm -hmm. and so when you go into those neighborhoods you learn what those challenges are from the people that live there Hmm. and even though their stories are different everybody wants safe neighborhoods 
Everybody wants their kids to go to safe schools, provide, you know, the same programs and reading and education that everybody else wants. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with, you know, color. People want an environment free of gunfire. You understand? Mm -hmm. Even you got gunfire over here, people over there don't want gunfire either. We don't want gunfire over here. Right. But we have it. You get, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the 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 things never change. It's just like the diverse. I represent Clayton. Yeah, Clayton is more fluent. They might not need as much as far as engaging in the process because they engage in the process. The biggest challenge I find with people engaging in the process is African-American people. Mm -hmm. The people with the least at the bottom of every number. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. got what I'm saying? Uh, when it comes to uh, prenatal, when it comes to anything, but we don't want to participate. But yet I get, I'm not trying to be funny, but... At the same time, we get the most complaints. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. yeah. So my thing is, I'm going to engage you more. Right. You know, I spend right. time right. explaining because I think it's important. Mm -hmm. And I think that every community matters. Mm -hmm. And now when you're talking about in the system, in the city, you know, um, representing all the different areas and the demographics, everybody's story is important to me. I don't care what, what color you are. I don't care what demographic you come from. It matters. Mm -hmm. You get me? And it may not be significant to this person that live over here, but they story, their story is significant to them. Yeah. And in the city of St. Louis, we've had what we call systematic and structural racism mm -hmm. and denying of resources mm -hmm. in certain parts mm -hmm. of the area. Mm -hmm. And that has been in the African-American communities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have to solve those problems. You know, we have to say that we have if we're going to have democracy, we have to end what we call racist divisions. And, you know, when you're listening to people, it's easy to come in and try to tell them how to solve their problem. Mm -hmm. And see, that's what's been happening with the black community. Everybody want to tell them how to solve their issues yep. instead of letting them say what they need and providing what that need is. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do in those communities. You have to provide what they need. You have to listen to the problems and provide what they need. And once you solve their problem, then you can offer something. But other than that, that's what we have here. So we have a lack of resources. Yeah. For so. sure. Yeah. One of the things that I think you're really talking about that we talk about all the time on the show is that the political is personal. What you're yes. naming about education, healthcare, criminal justice—I mean, all these different issues. All of it is. Yes, so That's it right. is all, and I think like I—I I feel like you really hit that home with your your explanation of those issues. So, if there was, you know, eight terms as a state rep, now you're in a senator. If there, and, and like we said, the political is personal, so there's so many causes and there's so many issues. Is there any particular thing that you find to be like something that you're most proud of? And is there any particular thing that you find to be the most challenging? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, it's some problems that are hard to solve. And it's not one issue. Mm -hmm. And that's where people get, you know, people want to, you know, want to be known for one issue. No, I want to be known for solving problems that are brought to me. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of issues that we've been able to solve. In the, and I can, it's a plethora of things. So, you know, uh, a behavioral health has been a big issue of mine. And I think in the African-American community, you know, it's a taboo. And you got a lot of people who don't talk about behavioral health, mental health. Mm -hmm. And mental health is crucial. So we were able to, this time, you know, that I'm proud of, because I had worked on it when I was in the house, and we were able to get a uh, pilot program 
that were helping uh, people who were affected by gun violence. Mm-hmm. Those children that have acute mental health because of the uh, trauma from gun violence, we have a pilot program now in the city that's helping those, and we're running it through um, the um, uh, um, People's Health Center, mm-hmm. and the uh, it was some it was like three or four partners: the state mental health and the um, oh. I can't think of it right now, but it's mm-hmm. a partnership running, and that's and that's helping there. That's a problem that needed to be solved. Right. You get me? Uh, we have what we call food deserts mm-hmm. in the community. Yep. That's a problem that we're solving. We have what we call economic development, and I call them economic distress zones. So this year I created a fund called Economic Distress Zones. We put $500,000 in that fund, and that's for non-for-profit organizations who are doing things to basically deter crime. That means, like, I'm going to help some kids get employed, get them off the street, give them opportunities. We have to go get them Mm -hmm. because sometimes people don't know who to call, what direction to go in, and who to service. So sometimes I drive around and just willy-nilly pick up people. What are y'all doing? What you up to? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, let me tell you about this because they don't know. Actual you know, we're getting ready to right. get, do, it's getting ready to be over a billion dollars worth of construction going on right here in this region. Mm-hmm. I need all of my young men to become part of the trade. They need to get a trade. They need to be an electrician. They need to be a plumber. They need to be a pipe fitter. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They need to be a welder. They need to get a part of the carpentry. They need to get into these trades because those trades pay well, and right now the work is going to be continuous. Mm -hmm. So they need to come in. We need to have those conversations. So these are things, these are problems that we have been engaging in and being able to solve. Uh, We did a workforce piece you know, trying to do uh, to address the food desert. We are doing a hydroponic build out. That's what we're doing. Going to do the hydroponic build out, partner with St. Louis Public Schools, get the kids in to do what we call the packaging and the production mm-hmm. of the uh, of the uh, green and what they grow. We're going to do a market on the outside and and basically give away right. the produce. Like community you get gardens, me? Yeah. Exactly. So we want to so we want to help with the food desert. We want to help give away tomatoes, green peppers, things like that that people need. And we want to be able to teach teach how to cook. You know, young people don't know how to cook. Mm-hmm. I you know. disagree. And so, you know. And so we got to, you know, we got to teach people how to cook. Mothers got to learn how to cook for their children, mm-hmm. you know, and be present with family mm-hmm. and teaching. You know, the right. first teacher that a child has is their mother. Mm-hmm. That's right. First teacher. Right. You know, and I always, my mom used to always say when we was growing up, you won't know what's wrong with the kid is they mama. <laughs> That's what she used to say. She Where looked you at get the kids. She said, yeah. she said, it's the mama. That's what she say. You get me? Because she said they're going to come to the mama first. You know? Right. And so, you know, that's that's what we have to do. So these are problems that we have been able to solve. You know, we fought for uh, funding of uh Medicaid, Medicaid, Medicaid expansion, and yes. we won that back. Yes, yes. we're so happy. That's right. So about. we have people right. who are going to, who were unable to get insurance, who fell into those holes, who were working in the fast food industry part time, didn't have health care. They're going to be able to have because a healthy workforce and a healthy city, we need that. Yes, and so That's that comes right. first. So, so uh, health outcomes, those are problems that we've been able to solve. Absolutely. And see, I sit on appropriation. So me, I just appropriate money. 
Mm. Where I can get it. That's where things start. That's where programs come from. Yes. So that's what we have to do. So those were some of the things that we've been able to accomplish. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you, Senator, so much for all your hard work and those things. And our final question for you is kind of related to that point, because all the things that you just described can't happen overnight. It's very difficult to get things through through the legislature. It takes time. Um, And right now we're in a very critical time in that redistricting is happening both at the state level and also at the city level. And it's something that we're talking about on this episode, all the very different things that are going on and and how redistricting is going to look because there are a lot of campaigns nationally to change that process. Um, So my question for you, as I assume you are running for re-election, I believe you announced in 2022, yes, if you live in a senator's district. (laughs) Well, you don't even have to live in my district. If you're ready to get involved, just come on, volunteer. I mean, when I was young, I was volunteering, and that's how I got involved. Mm -hmm. And you learn, and once you learn, you're going to know. You get me? And so, you know, that's how I learned how to run campaigns, working on campaigns, Mm -hmm. uh, helping other candidates, you know, win their elections. That's how I started. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you heard it here. If you're trying to get started, you got away. You got away through the senator. Um, But quick (laughs) question for you related to redistricting specifically is, um, and you described the story yourself, is some of the problems that can happen in gerrymandering and how your district drastically changed from 57 to 84. So Mm -hmm. can you tell our sippers why redistricting is so important, specifically the redistricting that is coming up now? Well, first I'm going to go back to, you know, they said, so now, you know, we're talking about the demographics of the city now. Mm-hmm. And so you have people who refuse to fill out their census. Mm-hmm. Yep. So basically they're not counted in the numbers. Right. So now it's showing a population drop in the city. Now we know that this population probably has not dropped, especially mm-hmm. in African-American communities. Yes. Because most African-Americans, sometimes they weren't filling out the census. Mm-hmm. And if they look at the percentage, you can tell that you had a gap that people that didn't participate. Right. So now that has caused a shift in how the lines are drawn. Mm-hmm. And see, so African-American pun- communities hurt themselves by Being not participating yeah. in the process, not filling yeah. out the census, not voting, all of that impacts. So the city has shown a decline. And I think that right now it's about, um, I don't know, it's two senatorial districts in the city. So we're looking at almost, almost approximately 20,000 Mm-hmm. decrease yeah. so that means you could lose a senator mm-hmm. that's a possibility mm-hmm. you get me mm-hmm. in the city you follow me yeah. uh things like that so all of that affects you your representation declines mm-hmm. if you want african-american representation african-americans say well nothing is happening fast enough well the numbers are not changing fast enough if you want something to happen fast enough vote up or yes. shut up yep oh, speak you on get it. what i'm Tell saying vote up or shut up <laughs> Because it's, the the government is made up of a House and a Senate. Mm-hmm. It's 163 people in the, in the Missouri House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. You have about 19 to 20 African Americans maybe in the House. Mm-hmm. Out of that number, you need 82 votes to pass anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. You get me? Right. So if you want your cares handled you need people who understand your cares and the more people numbers don't never lie i was good in math one plus one still equals two all day long two plus two is four (laughs) so if you want the numbers you're going to have to increase the numbers now for the first time in history we have five african-american senators in the senate Mm -hmm. you know that's the first time in history 
of this state. Mm-hmm. So you, when you're looking at that, you're saying, you know, how do we get these issues? So that's what I'm talking about. You're going to have to put some numbers on the board, right. you know, and you're going to have to come involved and you're going to have to be the person. Quit telling me about, you know, I'm this always been this person when I was younger. Whatever happened, happened. I can't change that. Right. But I got to move forward. Yes. Right. And so you got to yes. keep moving forward. Yes. You know, and pick the pick a great path. Don't pick the path of, you know, I got to, you know, kill somebody and rob somebody or shoot somebody and steal somebody. You know, I'm going to be that mama tonight. Okay. You got me? Okay. You know, that's why we're dwindling. Our population, we need to take care of that. You know, we need to stop that. Right. We need to figure out how to have. When I was growing up, they used to fist fight. And, and now and they now still alive today right. to laugh about them fist fights you didn't have with people. <laughs> right. You know, you laugh and you talk, man, me and your daddy used to, you know, right. laugh and fight all the time. Right. But now you, it's like no, no coming back. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of the tears of the mothers in the street. It's so painful. Yes. I'm a mother. Yeah. It yeah. hurts so bad. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Every time a child is killed a young man is killed in the streets it's painful mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so we got to start reaching them and i think that nobody is coming in to rescue us okay right we got what okay. we've been waiting for Ex- there you go yeah. Yeah. we the one we've been waiting for yeah. and quit judging each other yeah. this ain't no competition quit being crabs in a barrel your gift is different from her gift but I give to together can make the world go round. Change the world. That's, That's what right. we talk about That's all right. the time. That's right. Let's change yeah. the world. Let's look at each other and say, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Stop, you know, criticizing the brother and say, listen, I'm going to tell you about this opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, every day you wake up, find somebody life that you can change. Mm-hmm. Help somebody every day. You know, somebody that's out there. Look, I saw this man on the street. He was asking me. I said, I don't have no cash. But look. You right here, a block over. Go right over here. I can hook you up with a job, dude, that's going to mm-hmm. pay you $20 an hour. I don't even care how you look. We're going to get you cleaned up. Let's do this interview. Let's get this job. Okay. You exactly. got what I'm saying? Yes. Follow me over here. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, help each other out. You know, we got to quit talking about each other and help fix each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. You got me? Help yes. fix each other. Mm-hmm. It don't take nothing to give. You can't be God-given. Right. Give. Give. Give of yourself. Give of your time. Yes. You know, and once you and you will find that you're going to grow. Right. You're going to grow. Right. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Senator May. We are extreme. Like from the moment we had the idea of having you on the show. <laughs> we got so excited. Oh, my God. Yeah, we did it. And you're here. And I think for us, it's just very inspirational because right. we yeah. know that you come from us. We know yeah. that you come from the community. And so I think for our sippers out there. We just like showing people, like, listen, our guests come from the same place you come from. And mm-hmm. really what drives them is a desire to improve our community yes. in various facets and various ways. But the That's fact right. that you've chosen politics, and I think what you talked about, about being able to compromise, to meet in the middle, and focusing on issues rather than personal petty differences, which we all know that our city and our state does not always do the mm-hmm. best at. That's right. We are happy to have you here to talk about That's that, right. to share your story. And we're certainly going to share with our sippers how they can get involved in your campaign. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. I'll come back anytime. I don't know who needs to hear this, but what is It's a section of this podcast where we tell you what you need to know, but you might not want to know it, but you need to know it. 
All right. And so I don't know who needs to hear this, but this is to all the people that have a dream, that have a passion, that has a desire, that's been sitting on that sticky note, on that whiteboard and that journal of yours that you haven't acted on yet. Just do it. Like Nike say, just do it. Because honestly, y'all, that's how Black Tea started as an idea, as a vision that we had no idea could even be possible. But you know what? We put ourselves out there and look what you're listening to and where you're listening to it at. So we just want to encourage you all to believe in your own vision and feel empowered because you can make it happen. Amen. Amen. And so on that same note, I don't know who needs to hear this, but please do not sabotage your second chance at something just because you're afraid of messing it up again. Since the first time you've grown so much, um, it'll be different this time because you're different this time and you might be starting from scratch, but you will also have the experiences that you had last time. So I don't know who needs to hear this, but go for it a second time. Take a chance just because it didn't work out exactly how you wanted to the first time. Go again and forgive yourself for whatever errors and just grow and boss up and do better. Let the old narratives go. Mm-hmm.